Remember days we was down bad. Remember days we was down bad. I remember we was down bad. Thank y'all for tuning into this episode of the Being Technical Podcast. I'm your host once again, Aaron Bien, where I'm being technical and not practical. I appreciate y'all for tuning into this episode and keeping up with all my other episodes. For those new to the episode, I welcome y'all. This is where I always keep it technical and not practical. Uh, if you want to catch up to all my previous episodes and episodes you may have missed, you can check it out on Spotify as well as available straight through the Anchor app. Just search being technical and you will be uh and we'll have episodes that I've had with guest hosts in uh, previous episodes. I'd like to give a quick shout out to my my guy, my Brody, um Bakar, uh chopping it with me on the previous episode. Uh you guys got to dive in deep. I do know soccer, so comparing both football, American football and football, and how they compare and contrast on the global uh aspect as well as getting his perspective on football as well as uh me breaking down some soccer i do know soccer if all y'all think i only know football and basketball uh check out that episode with bakar uh for my soccer fans out there i'm gonna try to do more soccer uh for my soccer listeners out there i'll try to do some more in-depth follow-up on soccer if you uh give me a five-star rating on uh apple spotify anchor app uh, subscribe if you'd like to tune into all my other episodes. I have a couple of topics I'd like to discuss on this episode. Um, first off, obviously, a uh, situation that cl- hit close to home. Obviously, the sh- um, shooting death of uh, Dante Wright by Brooklyn Center Police. Obviously, it's the second time in the last in the last year that we've had two uh, deaths of un- uh, unarmed black men to the hands of police. And uh, I do like to shout out the, my favorite teams, the Minnesota Twins, and the uh, as well as the Timberwolves, uh, for raising, uh, obviously postponing their games and shedding light on this situation, uh, as well as the Timberwolves uh, donated twenty two thousand dollars to Dante Wright's family. Obviously, that was led by Josh Okogi of the Minnesota Timberwolves, where they did sign offs and auctions and raffles. Big shout out to the Brooklyn Nets and the Minnesota Timberwolves for leading that charge and making a difference in uh, what is a tragic event that's happened in my hometown of the Twin Cities. But to move on, I do have a couple uh, interesting uh, topics that I wanted to get off my chest. Obviously, as you may know, the NBA, the Brooklyn Nets, one of the most intriguing players, the most fascinating players, players, I guess I would say, in the NBA that that I've watched and followed closely the most intriguing basketball player in my opinion not not even just basketball player but professional sports player is Kevin Durant Kevin Durant to me is the most intriguing and most fascinating basketball uh, professional sports player 
to, to possibly ever play. Just because of how open and how blunt he is. Obviously, he got into a scuffle just past uh, week, last a week with Shannon Sharp. I guess Shannon Sharp posted a fake tweet, and he he posted it on his Instagram. I think it's Twitter, and then all of a sudden, Kevin Durant replied, and he was going back and forth with Shannon Sharp. And I think what did Shannon Sharp post? I think he posted something as like um, he's not looking to win championships or he's not comparing himself to LeBron or whatever the case may be. I'm paraphrasing, but I saw him post that and I was intrigued because he wrote and obviously Shannon Sharp, who is obviously one of my favorite TV personality, sports personality in this in the game, in the industry right now, because he's so authentic and getting his perspective on you know, how he sees the world as well as correlating real life to sports as well as a player that he played in the game. So he can kind of, you kind of relate, he's very relatable and again, it gives you that uncle vibe. So I do, uh, I think Shannon Sharp does his best to try to be as authentic and as real as possible. But obviously Kevin Durant didn't take that to light and they went back and forth and then Shannon Sharp ended up blocking him and then previous to that he got into a DM war with Michael Rappaport and he had man's damn near in tears on national television and I find Kevin Durant fascinating and I actually enjoy listening to him and uh like following up with him because he's like he actually like follows and and he like Anytime you write Kevin Durant, he writes back and he responds back. And he gets into Twitter battles and he gets criticized for it because why you're Kevin Durant? Why are you why are you writing back to these players? Why are you writing back to these fans and these trolls? And you're better than that, you're bigger than that. But my rebuttal to that, Kevin Durant, at the end of the day, just because he may be a millionaire, he's rich, he's famous. He's a professional basketball player, you know, one of the best basketball players in the game. He's still a human being at the end of the day. Just because he's rich and he's famous and he's a professional athlete, that that should be his reasoning not to interact with individuals on social media. I mean, how is he any different than you or any of these other professional athletes or any other sports personalities and how would they interact with with uh with fans and people on social media. I what I can respect about Kevin Durant because at least he's real and he's consistent and he will speak his mind. And what's so funny about that man will start a whole war on social media get be feeling some type of way and then he'll just go out there casually drop 30 on you like nothing happened. That's what I respect about Kevin Durant is he's 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 a real person. Like he, he 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 acts like a regular person. I can respect that. That's what I like about Kevin Durant. I think that a person of his stature and he's willing to interact with whether for good or for bad, he's willing to interact with his fans or interact with people on social media. I think it's cool. I wish more players were like Kevin Durant in which they don't try to be cliché and try to hide who they are. No, he keeps it real. That's what I like. That's what I can respect about Kevin Durant. And for someone that is such a great player, and everyone will always say, "Well, LeBron would never do that, and Michael Jordan would never do that, and Kobe Bryant would never do that." Just because a certain, just because those players don't 
talk on social media or interact with trolls, as people might say, doesn't mean he, he has to fit in that mold. That's what I like about Kevin Durant. At the same time, also his teammate, Kyrie Irving. I just like how they keep it real. They show who they really are, and I can respect that about athletes. I feel like athletes should, or professional athletes, should be able to speak freely just like anybody else on social media. They shouldn't have to, oh, that's not professional of Kevin Durant. Oh, that's not this of Kevin Durant. He shouldn't do this. Kyrie Irving shouldn't do that. No, I'm tired of the media and folks trying to put these professional athletes in this box and try to basically have them become robots. And that's, I think that's the problem that, that, there is in today. Like, they shouldn't have to be in a box. They shouldn't have to act a certain way just because they're a professional athlete or they're sure people may people may see them as role models, but at the end of the day, they play a sport that they love. They're humans just like everybody else. And I that is one thing I admire about Kevin Durant. Everybody may trash him and bash him and ridicule him for, oh, you're better than that, Kevin Durant. You shouldn't have, you, you you shouldn't stoop low to the to the typical troll on social media and write back. I, and to me, to hell with that. If you got something to say and you're going to talk crazy about me and I see it on Twitter, I'm going to write back. I don't care how famous I am because at the end of the day, they, you're no different than me. If, if you can sit on social media all day and troll me and write me and bash me, no. I'm, I'm going to speak my mind too. Sure, he had a little incident with the whole burner account, but I think that was more Kevin Durant trying to hide his identity. And once he got busted out with the um, the burner account, he's like, forget it. I'm just going to write on my social media. Uh, I'm just going to tweet straight from my direct uh, verified account. Nah, this is me, Kevin Durant, talking. And I can respect that. So, Kevin Durant, keep doing what you do. If these people, these media folks are going to come talking to you sideways, these trolls are going to come talking to you sideways, like... You ain't nobody. I'm glad you 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 bite back. You bite. You clap back. And at the same time, it's entertaining. Honestly, Kevin Durant is probably my favorite athlete to follow on social media because I know he's gonna. If you say something crazy enough, he's gonna write back. He's gonna tweet back. And it's just it, it keeps it keeps the game intriguing. It keeps him more relevant. All it does is keep the Nets more relevant. The more Kevin Durant interacts, and the more he talks to fans, and the more he claps back with. Social uh, TV personalities. And I realized, I noticed that I undisputed that. Shannon Sharp didn't address that whole uh, interaction he had with Kevin Durant on uh, on Twitter like they did when Michael Rappaport and Kevin Durant had their little scuffle or their little whatever they had on Instagram and how he posted it to the media. I think he should have covered that. And he blocked him too. Come on, Shannon Sharp. He shouldn't have blocked him. I wish you would have addressed it on Undisputed. I wanted to hear that segment. I was looking forward to Undisputed the next day to see what he had to say about Kevin Durant. He might have talked about it, but I might have missed it. But big shout out, Kevin Durant. Keep doing you. Be authentic. Keep it real. Keep writing back to the fans and the trolls. Because if they're bold enough to talk about you and at you, nah. You gonna hear from me too? Nah, keep writing back. Don't let them t- don't let them talk crazy until next time. They'll come they'll come correct the next time they mention you on uh, social media. And another thing that I have an issue with, obviously the NFL draft is coming up and the prospects and how players uh, dissect and how obviously all these 
scouts and TV personalities try to dissect these players. Obviously, with the NFL draft, the most ridiculed, the most dissected position is the quarterback position, in my opinion, in the NFL draft. It's like they, they break you down. They try to figure out any flaw you have, any off-the-field issues you may have, and they will literally nitpick you to the point where it's almost like you're not even a desirable player. And here's another, here's another thing that that had an issue with. Obviously, Justin Fields, quarterback of the Ohio State, uh, previously Ohio State Buckeyes, prior to the draft going into the season, he was consensus top three pick, top five pick. Then all of a sudden, as the draft comes along, all of a sudden these scouts start to nitpick Justin Fields and try to undermine his, his, his stock. And, oh, Justin Fields' stock is falling. He might fall all the way down to 20. And my thing is, how is it that in January he was a consistent top three pick and he's done nothing wrong between when he last played Till today, till now, and all of a sudden he's not—he's no longer a top three pick. Oh, all of a sudden there's issues with his throwing arms. All of a sudden there's his throwing motion. The guy had the whole his, his, his had the same throwing motion all season from when he started, even from high school to when he was the top recruit going uh, coming out and going to the University of Georgia and transferring to the Ohio to Ohio State. He had the same throwing motion. Nobody had an issue with his throwing motion up until up until what? Now, now, all of a sudden, there's issues with his throwing motions and his intangibles, and oh, he's lazy, and all of a sudden, he's not—he's the first one out. And I don't like how they just dissect him and break him down. And he was the only quarterback that had to have two pro days. Why is it Justin Fields has to show two pro days, and all of a sudden his stock goes down? What did what changed from the pro day, his first pro day, to a second pro day? I don't see any other quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence. Didn't even have a pro day, and he's still considered the oh can't miss prospect. First of all, that's the issue. How do you know a quarterback is a can't miss quarterback prospect? Just because he performed in high school and college, there's plenty of players that have come in and out of the NFL. Quarterbacks that have been top picks that were so called quote unquote uh, can't miss prospects, and they they are just busting the NFL. College game and the NFL game do not correlate. Because at the end of the day, when you play quarterback, quarterback position, it all depends on the team you go into as well as the system and the coaching. Because just because, and a lot of these top quarterbacks go to terrible teams and they don't have the pieces around them, terrible coaching staff, they shuffle out general managers and coaches, and then they end up having three, four coaches by the time their rookie contract's up, then, oh, they're labeled a bust. And that's the issue I have with the NFL and the NFL draft and these quote-unquote scouts and how they nitpick these players, and they don't take into consideration how um, just because they... Throw and another issue actually I have is with the so-called pro day. These quarterbacks sit there and throw in shorts and no t-shirt, throw passes downfield to open wide receivers, and oh my god, did you see that? He his stock is rising because he rolled out to his opposite side and hit a wide open wide receiver in a pro day with no pressure. And oh my god, he's tantalizing. And obviously, everyone gets caught up in the moment. But just look back at all the quarterbacks that had pro days. I mean, of course you're going to look good in a pro day. 
Who's not going to look good throwing in shorts and no helmet with no defense, no pass rush to throw into an open receiver? Like, let's be real. And that's the issue I have with the NFL and how they tantalize these quote-unquote players because he can roll out and throw 60 yards with no pressure. And I'll dive in more to the draft as we get closer to the NFL draft leading up to the draft. I'll have my analysis on that. But that is the issue, my main issue I have with the so-called quote-unquote NFL pro day. Because just because you can throw to an open wide receiver on, on, on the money doesn't mean that's going to correlate for when you are actually out on the field uh, having to try to dissect a defense uh, with pressure coming at you. You don't know where the blitz is coming. You don't know how the coverage is going to be disguised, obviously. So that is because you truly can't you can't tell how good a quarterback or a player is going to be because they had pro days are literally the most useless, most ineffective way to determine a scout and how uh, determine a prospect and how they're going to correlate into the NFL. There's so much more in the success of a player outside of what they can lift, run on a 40, throw to open receivers playing with no helmet. And that's my big issue with the whole quote-unquote NFL draft prospect, the whole NFL uh, drafting combine and pro day. Obviously, this year they didn't have the combine due to COVID, but just how a player can go up and down a stock board just because they performed a specific task. What you do in the weight room in the combine and the pro day does not correlate how a player is going to perform on the field. Just because a player ran a 4 5 in shorts and a t-shirt doesn't mean they'll have that same speed when you got a helmet. There's a difference between combine speed and game speed. Just watch the tape. So before you guys go out there and listen to all these so quote unquote draft gurus, because there's no such thing as a draft guru, because it's a crapshoot. The draft is a hit or miss. It's it's like buying a lottery ticket. You get every team gets minimum seven rounds. Uh, you get seven round drafts. You don't know. Sometimes a lot of these, lot of these fourth round players end up playing better in the profession in the NFL than the guys that went in the top in the first round top two three rounds it's such a crapshoot so before you start and going out there listening to these so quote-unquote draft gurus look at the tape watch the games watch the player and make your determination that way so I will dive more into the draft and I'll I'll talk as close as the draft I have some thoughts and opinions on some of these quarterbacks uh, as the draft comes in and who I think will be, who I like and who I think will be uh, successful in the NFL and who will not. But that's my time for this. That's my that's all I got for y'all for this episode. I uh, appreciate y'all for tuning in. Once again, you can subscribe to my podcast. I'm available on Spotify as well as you can stream me straight from the Anchor app as well as over, available on the Overcast and Google Podcasts. Give me a five-star rating. Let me know what you think. You can follow me on Twitter, Just Being Aaron. Uh, if you have any thoughts and opinions of what I said or any other previous episode I had, give me a follow. Give me a tweet. Follow me on Instagram, Just Being Aaron. If you just want to see some, you know, see a fresh brother and, you know, something you want to laugh about. Anyways, that's my time. I'm out. He didn't say a word. Technical foul, Wallace. He's gone.
too close to me, devil too close to me I see my enemies turn friendly and get close to me I seen they movement from a distance, they approach me I don't trust nobody, the burner make them toast to me Used to get blessings from my grandma for I leave out for my day She the reason that I'm here, no any day could be my day Countless nights had situations that ain't almost go my way I'm still standing by my mission, I'ma do this shit my way Remember laying on my deathbed, I couldn't speak my body bleeding, I was restless They stuffed them cues down through my throat cause I was breathless My mama never left my side, she was my best friend I seen the tears run out her eyes and it was endless Ain't had no fear up in my heart, my soul was stressless He done blessed me with a chance when I was helpless I promise I would never lose and not forget this Remember me said if I die today, know what I try to say it's a tragedy I see them hunting niggas down there causing casualties This hell on earth, it ain't no place to raise a family I pray the Lord I see, I pray my soul to keep Say my three prayers every night before I go to sleep I know I'm never gonna get what is it supposed to be But I need changes in my life, devil too close to me Said I need changes in my life, no I need changes So many people around me but they feel like strangers Don't get too close to me, you know I get anxious I seen the devil, I hope God sent me some angels We in a crisis, walk outside and feel like we at war My block is ISIS, turn the TV on them bodies dropping We can't fight this, I survived the day but we don't treat it like it's priceless When we at them funerals, the only time we righteous Yeah I need blessings on me I know many niggas want their weapons on me I know I've been paranoid, I watch them closely But I just heard my nigga got shot by his homie Damn, that shit so cold to me Can't nobody tell me nothing, my hood still got hope in me I just want my millions, don't want nobody to notice me No killer, but no nigga getting close to me Said if I die today, know what I try to say Straight, that shit's a tragedy I see them hunting niggas down there causing casualties This hell on earth, it ain't no place to raise a family I pray the Lord I see, I pray my soul to keep Say my three prayers every night before I go to sleep I know I'm never gonna get what is it supposed to be But I need changes in my life, devil too close to me Welcome back, everyone, and thank y'all for tuning in to this episode of the Being Technical Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron BM, while I'm being technical and not practical. I appreciate everyone for tuning back into this episode. Obviously, you guys have been intrigued this so far with all my content. Uh, for my new listeners out there, I appreciate y'all for tuning in for the first time. Uh, if you haven't listened or caught back into my any of my previous episodes, uh, you're more than welcome to... Go back and listen to my, any previous episodes I may have. I am available on uh, major platforms, Spotify, as well as you can stream me straight from the Anchor app, as well as Google Podcasts and Overcast. I got a lot to dive in on this episode. A lot has happened in the last couple days. Obviously, uh, for my previous episode, I did a uh, cover on Kevin Durant and his intrigueness and his personality. And he's also not... The 
only player that intrigues me and is starting to become starting to grow on me and become my favorite sports athlete personality. Another person I'm starting to grow on me, a lot of players starting to grow on me is uh, Anthony Edwards. Um, He's just starting to grow and grow more and more on me just because of his personality, his humor, and just his out his outspoken, his outgoing personality. And I find him hilarious in my opinion. Obviously, for those that have been following my takes on Anthony Edwards, at first I was not highly sold on him. Uh, I was uh, on the Lamelo Lamelo Ball bandwagon, but the more and more I watch this kid play, and the more and more I listen to him talk in his interviews, he's starting to grow on me. And, I, and honestly, in my personal opinion, I think he's he's that that swagger, that 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 outgoing personality that the, the Minnesota Timberwolves franchise so so direly needed just to keep the team relevant because obviously cat who's a star player and d'angelo russell co-star they're two kind of they're really good players cat's a really good player but they're very soft-spoken they don't really say much and you know but anthony edwards he is not afraid to speak his mind and that is what i starting to like about the kid obviously well the news broke when we found out that and uh, alex rodriguez was uh part of the ownership that's going to be buying the Minnesota Timberwolves, Anthony Edwards goes in an interview and they ask him and he goes, nah, I've never heard of him. I don't know anything about baseball. I've never heard of him. And then that is funny because I listened to a previous episode he had in which he said, oh yeah, I used to play baseball. I could have been a pitcher, uh, a, a shortstop, first baseman, first base. He was to say he knew baseball that all of a sudden when it came down to asking about Alex Rodriguez, he knew nothing about. And what's crazy is because Aunt Alex Rodriguez is probably one of the most recognizable players in baseball, all-time great, uh, World Series champion, World Series MVP. Everybody knows Alex Rodriguez. And then for Anthony Edwards to turn around and say he didn't know him, I found it hysterical. I think it was funny how he's just kind of clowns and jokes. I know he's not being serious. I'm sure he knows who Alex Rodriguez is. And then recently, he doubles down and they ask him if he knew anything about Alex Rodriguez. And he was like, nah, I didn't watch any highlights. I just knew he dated J-Lo. And then he was mad that he was no longer with J-Lo. And that's the only relevance. I think at this point, I think Anthony Edwards is just trolling. It's funny because I'm sure... I'm sure he knows exactly who Alex Rodriguez is in, and just to him double down, I find it hysterical. Honestly, I'm I'm actually the more and more, and his his game has been improving. He's been showing some promise, and the more and more I see him play, and the more and more I hear him speak, and his his uh, his personality, his de- demeanor is very bright. He's hilarious. It's a kind of guy a, fr- a struggling franchise needs to keep them relevant because he's always going to give you content. He's always going to give you something to talk about and laugh about. And he's slowly and surely growing. I think the Minnesota Timberwolves have finally put it together. They have a bright future, uh, especially now with new ownership now in a couple years when Glenn Taylor, the who's really been holding this franchise back, can finally... Uh, they can finally put the pieces together and they can finally be relevant and contend again. So the future is definitely bright with the Minnesota Timberwolves and Anthony Edwards. I hope he keeps giving us funny content because the guy is hilarious. The kid is hilarious. He's authentic and you know he's just he's just being him and he's not politically correct. He's not this uptight and try to fit the professional mold. And that is what 
intrigues me about Anthony Edwards and Kevin Durant because they just say what they feel, whatever's on their mind. Nothing bothers them. And I hope that keeps, I hope he keeps up and I hope he can develop his game and keep showing his personality because that is what the Minnesota Timberwolves need. And uh, they should just uh, build around him, in my opinion. Keep putting a microphone in Anthony Edwards' hand because even if the Timberwolves are losing, at least if he gives us a soundbite, the Minnesota, you'll keep seeing the Minnesota Timberwolves relevant and eventually they will put it together and we might have a new superstar in the making. Both on and off the court. But another wild story, a couple wild stories that just broke the internet. Obviously, there was this whole, obviously, I did a previous episode on soccer and breaking down soccer. I didn't think I would be doing back-to-back or back-to-back episodes on soccer. But yeah, apparently uh, in the European League, which everyone was up in arms about, was the I guess the top soccer teams or football teams are trying to create this so-called Super League in which they banded all the top teams uh, in all of Europe and put them in one league. So, you know, your Arsenals, your Manchester United, PSG, your Chelsea, your Real Madrid, Barcelona, Liverpool, all the top teams, the most recognizable teams are going to form this Super League in which... They were going to compete with one another, and obviously, in theory, before I even looked deeper into it, in theory, it looked like a great idea. Like, yeah, I mean, when you think about it, especially folks here in America, they do watch soccer. You know, they're fans of pot, you know the the more powerful, you know, the bigger fran- more uh, remarkable franchises, the big you know clubs, the more popular clubs. So. You know, they do some sort of that in the Champions League, but at this, oh, I think that's only in like tournament style that they go back to their respective leagues after that league is over in which the best teams in Europe compete. But so if they created the Super League, in theory, it, you know, would make sense and it would be a huge revenue generator, huge interest. And then the more and more I followed up and started, you know, chatting and reading people that actually follow the game the soccer they all were just against it they thought it was a terrible idea they thought it was a cash grab and that all they wanted to do was try to line their pockets and and i was like you know what that makes sense and the more and more and more i look into it why and then apparently J.P. Morgan and Chase were going to back this league. And the more and more and more I look into it, I'm like, why would they want to do something like this? Especially in soccer when it's all about revenue. And then the more and more I look, I look at a lot of those teams in soccer. What are they? They're ran by Amer- Americans and American billionaires. And that makes total sense because if you look at American sports, it's all about the bottom line. It's all about the revenue and that made more sense to me and why people were upset. And it's basically people are saying that the Americans are ruining their league because all they care about is revenue. And obviously, it, and, it, and it does make sense. And I was like, of course, of course, of course, it's going to be Americans that are trying to wipe out any intrigue, any sub, sub, um, substance that these leagues had and make it all about money, even though they always say it's not about money. Obviously, you know, it's because of money and 
And then the more and more I talk to soccer fans, obviously, big shout out to my guy, my my bro Bakar. He he broke it down for me, and he made he brought he made more sense into the situation. Obviously, he's a huge soccer fanatic. He was just explaining like it takes away the history. A lot of these clubs have rivalries, you know, 150 years of history and rivalry, and a lot of these fans. They they take these, you know, their leagues seriously and the rivalries and, uh, you know, the bragging rights. And then if they created this super league, it would dismantle a lot of these rivalries and histories and ties. And it would basically all it does is hurt the little the little man, because when a lot of these small teams, for example, like a Tottenham or Lancaster, when they go have to play Manchester United, Manchester City, Liverpool, it draws a big it makes it a big deal because a lot of these teams, you know, that's their that's their main attraction. You know, maybe a struggling franchise, but that keeps it intriguing for them. That hey, the big boys are coming to town, and sometimes a lot of times they even beat them in soccer matches. So to say that a lot of these big teams dominate their leagues, that's not even the case. And what's reminded me of the Super League, obviously. Relating it back to football, the SEC did that a couple years ago in the Big Ten and for college football and college basketball when teams like Texas A&M, who used to be in the Big 12, wanted to go into the SEC all because of a cash grab, try to make the most money. And a lot of people were upset about that because of the quote unquote, you know, the uh, losing the tradition, a lot of the Big 12 rivalries they had amongst each other, and then Nebraska going to the Big 10, when you just know a lot of these teams don't belong in some of these conferences because it takes away the, the history and the aura that they had in their respective conferences. And obviously, taking a page out of that, that was nothing but a cash grab, and to, to a certain extent, it ruined it ruined some of those programs because they, they're not relevant in the conferences they were moved on, like Missouri, Big 12. They are no longer relevant in the SEC because they can't compete with those big boys. All because they want it, they did it for their bottom line. And a lot of the times, a cat, if you're trying to just do it for revenue, you're going to dilute your product. And so back to the Super League, I started seeing more and more and more and more um, articles and news saying that, oh, the Ch- Chelsea finally backed out of the Super League. And apparently the Super League was going to have an effect on FIFA and the World Cup. And apparently I was reading that it could it could um, impact the World Cup because if there's players that play in the Super Team League or the Super League, they aren't eligible to play in FIFA. They're, not, they're no longer part of FIFA and they can't compete in the World Cup. And it's like, that's really like, you can't compete in the World Cup because you're in this so-called league. I think that will even dilute the World Cup too. And I think overall it would just be bad for the for soccer and soccer fans so big shout out to the leagues and the clubs that don't aren't part of this greedy heist that these billionaire owners and companies were trying to pull off big shout outs to you preserve your history preserve the league that has you've been watching since you grew up it's not always about money that's what i'll say and you see it more and more with a lot of our sports that's like in the NFL, if the Patriots and the uh, Packers and the Steelers and all these top teams formed their own NFL and left the little guys behind, or in the NBA, if the Lakers and the Nets and the uh, the, uh, the, the Nuggets and all these top teams, the Clippers, they were just like, hey, you know what? The rest of the NBA stinks. Let's go create our own league and let's just compete amongst each other. 
it might dilute the league and it, it leaves out a lot of these small market teams. So big shout out to soccer. Hopefully you let us you set a foundation and do not let these greedy corporations and billionaires ruin your game and the history and the rivalries that come with it. And to think that wasn't even the only interesting news that we missed out. Apparently, there's this big catfish story with Vivian Flores running all over the rampant all over the Internet. And when I read that, I was like, that has got to be the most wildest story catfish I have ever heard. Obviously, everyone knows about catfish. And apparently, a little background is Vivian Flores. She goes on and... uh, Apparently, she's this diehard Lakers fan who was dying of cancer and was going through chemo, and she has a podcast, and she was working alongside this guy named Josh, and she had this whole podcast where she portrayed herself as a woman, and all of a sudden, she goes missing, and people like, uh, you know, had the Lakers Twitter page, and Ice Cube's son, O'Shea Jackson, tweeting about her, saying we should find her, and... Come to find out, this guy named Big Kings exposes this Vivian Flores person that to not to be real, and she was really being portrayed by this other guy who was using a voice alter altering app to make her make him sound like a woman. That is honestly the wildest story, craziest catfish story I've ever. And then you had KD hopping on in, in on it. And I'm like, man, that's just the power of the internet. It's crazy what people are willing to portray themselves just to be relevant and have followers. And it's like, how do you go in and say, I'm going to be this character. And all of a sudden, when it blows up, you can't keep you can't keep up with it. And it's, I think people that just do that are just either trying to be trolls or they have insecurity issues in which they for once they portray themselves as this false character that they will get the love that they've been attention that they've been dying dying for eager for and fulfills or whatever the case that may be if you want to hear more about obviously you just gotta go on twitter search vivian lakers catfish and you'll see all the funny memes and tweets and uh whatnot but it's another one another question another um obviously recently uh chet holmgren uh another great Top prospect high school basketball player from the state of Minnesota. Uh, obviously, this is probably the best basketball player, high school basketball player to come out of the state of Minnesota in quite some time. Obviously, he committed to the Chet Holmgren of Minnehaha Academy. If you don't know what high school he goes to, it's Minnesota. Um, he committed to Gonzaga and following his steps of his best friend Jalen Suggs going to Gonzaga, he's probably going to be a one and done player. And he's probably going to go to the NBA, but what more and more and more I think about it, I see all these top high school basketball players. When you think about it, Minnesota has had some top players come high school prospects out of the state of Minnesota. You wouldn't think the state of Minnesota has top prospects, but Chad Holmgren is another one of the top prospects that took his talents outside of the state of Minnesota and decided to go uh, play elsewhere. And 
My issue is why can't the University of Minnesota convince some of these top players that play in their own state to commit to this to commit to go to the University of Minnesota? That's the issue I have. Why is it all the top basketball players in the NBA uh, in, in state of Minnesota never want to stay? They never want to play for the University of Minnesota. It's almost like you never hear about any of these other states where their top prospects leave. A lot of them get to keep like Anthony Edwards, for example. He's from Georgia and he wanted to play closer to home, so he went to the University of Georgia. But what is it, the issue with the University of Minnesota can't recruit any of their top players? I mean, the University of Minnesota plays in the Division One. They're in the Big Ten, so they're gonna, so, and they're in a big conference. Why is it they can't convince any of their top players? So when you look back, not only Chet Holm, Jalen Sucks, Trey Jones, Tyus Jones, Trey and Tyus played in my played at my high school, Apple Valley High School. Gary Trent Jr. Uh, to a certain extent, Royce Wright, even though he did commit and then he got into his troubles and left, and then he excelled at Iowa State. And then you have Rashad Vaughn. You have there's just so many prominent players. Even if you look at football, Mike Floyd didn't commit to the University of Minnesota. He went to Notre Dame. All these top players never want to stay home and play for their home teams. And just imagine how much more of a powerhouse if the recruiters or scouts that play for the University of Minnesota could get these top prospects to play play for their home state. I think that's an issue as long as hopefully with uh, the new coach, Ron Johnson, uh, starting with uh, getting hired with the Minnesota Gophers, Golden Gophers, hopefully he can do a better job in recruiting in-state talent and hopefully get them to stay because all it takes is one homegrown talent to commit to the University of Minnesota. If you get that, I think you'll start seeing an avalanche of high school basketball players and to a certain extent high school football players committing to the University of Minnesota. Minnesota has arguably underrated in terms of producing homegrown talent and none of them seem to want to commit to the University of Minnesota. Minnesota, you got the University of Minnesota, Golden Gophers, my alma mater. You need to do a better job of trying to make sure these homegrown talent, homegrown high school prospects stay in the state of Minnesota. Don't let them go elsewhere and let them prosper for another college and then they make their name playing for another college team and, you know, following and then they move on to their professionally. Do a better job, University of Minnesota. Anyways, that's all I have to say on that. If I don't see that change, you're always going to be a mediocre college collegiate program, University of Minnesota. So do a better job. Let me know what you think on any of these topics I discussed. You can follow me on Twitter, Just Being Aaron. Instagram, Just Being Aaron. Hit a follow. You can also subscribe for all my latest content and episodes. Appreciate y'all for tuning into this episode. Give me a five-star rating if you have a chance. Appreciate y'all for listening. Until next time, I'm out.